and then you sit in silence. No, you need to pick up a phone and call your prayer partner. Hey, pray for me. Send him a text. Hey, I'm going through something at the moment. Can you pray for me? And by God, when you get that text, stop what you're doing at the moment and pray. Well, hello, everybody. This is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you so much for joining me for another broadcast right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, as you may know, we're in a series now entitled Tune Up. It's time for the church to return to its biblical roots. And I'm telling you, when we do that, we're going to see even more signs, wonders, and miracles, and the move of God happen within the church. I cannot wait to get into this series with you. Now, don't forget to go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. There you can find today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. And make sure you subscribe to our podcast. Just look for Kingdom Rock. If you have a Roku device, make sure you search for Kingdom Rock TV. All right, without any further ado, here comes part two of the series entitled Tune Up, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. All right, well, as you know, we've been in a series uh, last for the last week or so, and this series is entitled Tune Up. It's time for a tune up. And in this series, we are endeavoring uh, to discover our biblical roots or the biblical roots of the church. How far has today's modern day church been removed from the church of the Bible? Well, we wanna discover that and close that gap, amen? amen? And be a church that's on fire, be a truly biblical church, and we're gonna truly see signs and wonders and miracles ring out from our fellowship, amen? amen. Hallelujah. We're gonna do church the way it's supposed to be done. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, to that end, we, we're, we're starting also with our confessions. Uh, we definitely believe in uh, declaring the Word of God. So we have nine confessions that we will be doing throughout the entire series. And uh, let's go ahead and say these also here today. We're going to say them with courage, with confidence, with boldness. We're going to say it loudly and enthusiastically. And before we do that, Kingdom Rock, let's welcome our online community today. Online community, hello, hello, hello. We thank you so much for being a part of this service today. Uh, we just honor you today wherever you are all around the world. We celebrate you whether you're watching now live or watching the replay later or driving down the road in your car. However you're hearing or listening or, or watching us today, we just celebrate you and we thank you so much for being a part of today's service. Hallelujah. We are praying for you. Amen. All right. Well, let's go. Let's read. Ready? Let's go. I am the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. I am getting better, better every day in every way. I'm getting better. My body is healed. I am free from dead. I am blessed beyond measure. Good things are happening to me and for me. I am always safe and secure. I am happy, healthy, and whole. I'm leading others to Christ and I'm fulfilling my divine destiny. I am filled with all the fullness of God and his love circulates in and through my life daily. I'm at peace and at rest in my Father's love. Amen. So let it be established in your life in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
All right, well, let's go back now to the book of Acts. The book of Acts, the second chapter, and uh, just doing a little bit of reading, uh, going back to Acts, second chapter, verses number 42 through 47 out of the um, New International Version. I'm going to read this, of course, and we'll pull out some nuggets as we did last time that we met, and uh, then we'll go even further. So it says here in Acts, the second chapter, verse 42 through 47, it says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, and to the breaking of bread, and to prayers. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions uh, to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their houses and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Hallelujah. This is a picture, a snapshot of the early church. This is how we should be. This is how we should live. Remember the last time we were together, I gave you the example of a man sitting in a restaurant and he had ordered a steak, a nice big juicy steak. Maybe I shouldn't say that because of the fast right now. But he'd ordered a nice big item to eat. And um, he ordered that item that I just mentioned that I will not mention now. He ordered that and they gave him a piece of bologna. It, yeah, it wasn't even fried. No, it wasn't, it wasn't even fried. But they gave him that and they expected him to like it. They said, here you are, sir, here you are, you'll like this. But that's not what he ordered. And the conclusion that we've come to, even in today's modern day church, is that the Lord has been asking for one thing, but we've been giving him something else and expecting him to like it. He's asked for steak and we've given him bologna. Oh, there it is. You'll have to forgive me. He's asked for steak and we've given him bologna and say, Lord, you'll like this. You eat this. But that's not what he wanted. And then, and then here we go. We have the nervous of saying, tip me. Why would the Lord want to tip you with something when you did not give him what he wanted? How many of you would do that at a restaurant? That you order something and they don't bring you, they brought you something else and they're not going to change it. No, you don't, you don't tip. You say, here's your tip. Make sure you look both ways before you cross the street. <laughs> here's your tip. Get the order right. Anyway, hallelujah. We bless all waiters and waitresses, all of you listening. We love you in Jesus' name. And we are big tippers, so let's just get out of there as quickly as we can. All right. Notice here in the early church this word, the big word, devoted. They devoted themselves to the apostles' doctrine or to the apostles', to the apostles teaching. They devoted themselves to the word of God. Now, the word devoted, uh, I want you to see this. The word devoted means to be uh, steadfastly attentive to, attentive unto. It means to give unremitted care, unremitting uh, care to a thing. Now the word unremitting, uh, unremitting means never relaxing or slacking. It means incessant. Never, I mean, it's just always there. Incessant, let me give you a good uh, example of the word incessant. You ever gone on a long road trip with your, when some of your smaller children in the back and they ask you, are we there yet? 
Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Or how about, Mama, can I have this? Mama, can I have that? Can I have this? Can I have that? Can I have this? Can I have that? Over and over and over and over and over, incessant. Or maybe you heard, maybe there was a drippy faucet in the bathroom. Drip, 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 all the time. Well, think about that in the word devoted, meaning it was unrelenting, unrelenting. It didn't give up. It didn't stop. So this is the mindset. I want you to see that this is the mindset of the early church. This is what they did. They were devoted. They were unrelenting. They were consistent. They were consistent in what? Uh, in the word, in fellowship, in breaking of bread. Breaking of bread uh, included communion, uh, taking communion, and it also uh, it meant uh, eating with each other, having meals together, having meals together. How far have we come with that? Uh, many times we come into the church house, we see each other maybe once or so a week. Uh, do we say, come to my house, let us eat, and let's talk about the Bible together? What? That's foreign. We don't come to my house, we're going to have communion, we're going to talk about the word together, we're going to fellowship together. Huh? No, it's, it's today. It's you go to your place, I go to my place. I'll see you next time, maybe. Am I right about it? But that was not so. So here again, the Lord's been asking for, for steak, but we've been giving him baloney. So it's time for a tuna. So with every one of these things, I want you to consider that. I want you to consider that. What have you been giving? What have you been giving out? But pastor, you don't know, you know, my house is not the best. My, I live in a small box under I-20 bridge, and I don't know about inviting anybody there. Honey, if that's where you live, let's go. I'll be over. Let's come over together, and then we can help you find yourself another place. Hallelujah. Amen. We'll help you pray for another place. Hallelujah. Yes. Maybe for a bigger box. Yes. No, you understand what I'm saying to you, right? Yes. Hallelujah. So don't worry about the place. Now, when we begin to talk about these things, let me give you this general rule about going from house to house. When you go to somebody's house, don't, when you step in the front door, here's some rules that you do not do. Don't go and look into their refrigerator. <laughs> Don't rummage through their closets. You come in the front door and they say, sit in the living room. You sit in the living room and you stay right there in the living room. Hallelujah. Amen. Don't go all over their house. Let me say, I know that may be the culture in some places, but it's not the culture here. We're not establishing that. Hallelujah. Sit your little self down in the living room or wherever they say, kitchen at the table, wherever it is, and you stay right there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Don't go running all over people's houses. And by goodness gracious, if you've recently had beans or something, <laughs> use the bathroom before you go to the house. Online community, I'm trying to help people out. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Yes. We're not going to be nosy, busybodies, and all that stuff. That's not what love does. Hallelujah. And I bet not ever hear about somebody. I went over somebody's place, and all they had was one TV. Give me a break. Are you understanding? That's not what love does. That's the devil. That's demonic. You're going for love. House to house, breaking bread, eating what's set before you. 
Or if you say, well, we're just going to have communion. We got communion things here. Have the communion elements and you, you eat together and fellowship one with another for one hour. For one hour. And you go back home to your place to go back home to their, well, I guess they're already home, but you understand what I'm saying. Hallelujah. Yeah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. All right. So anyway, they were devoted. They were devoted to those things. They were devoted to worship, uh, devoted to the word. They were devoted to fellowship and to loving one another. They were devoted to breaking the bread, that is having communion and eating meals with each other. Something spiritually wonderful happens when you go to somebody's house. I, I guess we're just there. Lord, Lord, help us with the spirit of hospitality. Amen. The spirit of hospitality. It is said that when you invite someone to your home, you invite them into your heart. You're saying, here, this is my private space. I want you to come into my private space. I think a lot about you for you to come into my private space. Amen. Hallelujah. But I haven't painted. So I'm not coming to look at your house. I'm coming to look at the communion and pray with you. Are you hearing? I know that's a big thing with you ladies. I know that's a big thing. Hallelujah. I know it's a big thing. But in order for us to do the word of God, we've got to get over that sort of stuff. Hallelujah. Now, if you want to vacuum first, vacuum first. Hallelujah. But please don't vacuum for people. Vacuum because you live there and it's your house. Let's get back down to this, okay? So let's get over that. Let's get over that. Amen? Oh, it's quiet. They were devoted to the word of God, devoted to uh, fellowship that is loving one another. They were devoted to breaking of bread, and they were devoted to prayer. Praying, praying, praying. It was a praying church. We must be a praying church. Are you hearing? So the first century church, or the first church, were all these things and more, but uh, how far we've come from this? How far has the church come from this? How far have you come from this. So we need to put ourselves back in order. Now, because they did that, here are about nine different results as to what happened because they devoted themselves to those areas. Here's the first result here. Number one, uh, there were supernatural power of God, a, super, a move of God's supernatural power that is, that is in signs and wonders. Number two, they were unified. Number three, uh, there, was, there were generous, there was generosity, and they, concerned, they were concerned for each other. Isn't that awesome? They were concerned for each other. Uh, number four, uh, greed, selfishness, and poverty were broken. Completely broken and shattered. Number five, uh, they met daily. Wow, that's a big one, isn't it? I didn't say you came to church daily. They met in the church daily, in the temple daily. I mean, if you can't, just can't, you got other things going on, but you can at least maybe send somebody a text message or phone call. Hey, I was thinking about you. I'm praying for you. That's the kick your leg out moment. In other words, there's a daily contact. I'm concerned about you. I'm praying for you. Wouldn't you want that? Are you hearing? Number six, they began to visit each other's homes and eat together. We cover that. Number seven, they were glad, sincere, and full of praise. In other words, they honored God with true worship. This is true worship. Number eight, they were favored in the community. Today, modern-day uh, church people are church people. You say you're church or Christian. Are you favored in the community? 
Are we as a whole, as a church, favored in the world? As, as a whole, when you say that you're a Christian, uh, some people think hypocrite. They think that you're going to judge them, not going to love them, but you're going to talk about them. But as they were devoted to the word of God, they were devoted to fellowship and loving one another. They were devoted to um, breaking a bread that is honoring the Lord's table and, and eating together. They were devoted simply to loving each other, being with each other. They were devoted and as they were and devoted to worship as they were devoted. All these things began to happen. They had honor and favor. And I'm telling you that as you endeavor to do the word of God, you're going to find favor come upon your life like you've never seen before. What is favor? In simple terms, how does it look like in this life? Favor looks like people begin to like you. I don't know why I'm doing this for you, but I, I want to give you this discount. I don't know why, but you know, there's something about you. There's something about you that just makes me want to give to you. I'm not sure what it is. It's favor. It's favor when things begin to turn your way that shouldn't be turning your way. It's the favor of the Lord. They had favor with all the community. They had favor, favor, favor. Glory to God, favor makes rough things smooth. Favor, favor. Hallelujah, this is the things that they had. These are results. And six, Jesus added to their number daily. He added to them daily. Because that's a place that, that's a place where people are loving each other, people are not talking about each other, they're visiting each other, they're calling each other, they're concerned about each other, they're calling each other's names out before the Lord in prayer and genuinely concerned about each other. That's a place that I wanna go, where the love of God is flowing, where I'm not judged, I'm not condemned, I'm not looked at by what kind of clothes I wore or didn't wear, what car I drive, where I live. No, people, generally love me. They love me like Christ loved the church and gave himself forward. Hallelujah. That's a place you go. They'll pray for you down there. They'll help you down there. There are miracles, there are signs and wonders happening there. Hallelujah. I was sick and then I was made well. My body was this, my marriage was here, but now we're better and I'm able to help others. Hallelujah. That's the place where I want to go. Not this hypocritical thing and all that fashion show stuff and place where people come to find, find somebody to go home with and all of that crazy, googly, goppily mess. Oh, Lord. Now listen, the primary purpose of the church is to be like Jesus. We've come here today to be like Christ to hear from the Holy Spirit so that we can be like Christ intentionally, on purpose. My goal, say with me, my goal is to be like Jesus. On purpose. Are you hearing? If we're not doing that, then what in the world are we doing here? That has to be our goal. So here again, we've been talking about the Lord gave us um, the word plowing. How are you plowing? And, and that is how are you doing in these areas? And here are the four areas again. Prayer. The word plow here breaks down to prayer and uh, loving and fellowshipping with each other. The always word, that, that is the oratory gift, the, the word. And then, uh, uh, then of course, uh, the W is worship. 
W is worship. How are you doing this? And so last time we talked about prayer, we're going to go right back into uh, James, the fifth chapter, verse number 16 out of the Amplified Bible. How are you praying? It says, confess to one another, uh, therefore your faults. This is James 5, verse 16 out of the Amplified Bible. It says, confess to one another, therefore your faults, your slips, your false steps, your offenses, your sins, and pray also for... uh, Pray also for uh, one another that you may be healed and restored to a spiritual tone of mind and heart. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. So there is healing in the body. This is one reason why the Lord tells us to pray for one another. There is healing in the body. Confess your faults. Hey, man, I'm going through this. Now, let me just go go there for a second. You're going to have to find a prayer partner. You're going to have to find a prayer partner. Somebody that can give you spiritual backup throughout the week. Are you hearing? Now, many of you have spouses. That's a great thing. Your spouse can pray with you. That's a great thing. And you need to find someone else. Someone that you can call 911. I'm really going through something at this moment. Now, please, oh God, please hear me. Please do not suffer in silence because of pride. I don't want them to know that I need prayer. I'm supposed to be this and that. I don't want them to know. Listen, even Jesus asked for prayer. Are you hearing? Even the apostles asked for prayer. Please pray for me. Please pray for me. So you need to have a prayer partner. Have a prayer partner. Children, of course, you can always go to your parents. And hopefully there's someone in your classroom that you can say, hey, let's pray today. Help, help me pray through this thing here. We got a test coming up. You ready? Oh, let's pray. Oh, in Jesus' name, let's pray. Somebody that you can lock hands with and pray. Please don't get out there. Understand that we, we are spiritual beings and we, that we are citizens from another country. Heaven is our home, but we're not home yet. And please, let's dispel this notion. You've heard people say, oh, now that you're saved, nothing's ever going to happen to you. We know that's false, right? If they did it to Jesus, you're not not greater than Jesus. Are you hearing? This is why Jesus said, put on the whole armor of God. Get ready. He says, be sober, be vigilant for your adversary, the devil, It's like a roaring lion. It's going about seeking whom he may devour. You do have an enemy, but you can also overcome him. And we have overcome him by the blood of Jesus. Realize you have an enemy. You have an enemy. And that devil does not fight fair. He'll wait till you get in your lowest moment. And then he'll swoop in and attack you. He loves to play mind games. Have you thinking about things that haven't happened or couldn't happen or wouldn't happen and all of a sudden you're wrapped all up in thought having some sort of panic attack and you're going, oh, this could happen and that could happen and all this stuff is going around and then you sit in silence. No, you need to pick up a phone and call your prayer partner. Hey, pray for me. Send him a text. Hey, I'm going through something at the moment. Can you pray for me? And by God, when you get that text, stop what you're doing at the moment and pray. Are you hearing? Pray for one another. Now, it says again, confess your faults one to another. Tell somebody, hey, I'm going through this. 
I'm going through this, I'm going through a struggle. I'm, I'm, going, I'm going through this. I didn't say get a microphone and stand in front of the church and do it, although if you feel it, go ahead, praise God. But there is somebody, one or two or three people, that's got to be that you can confess that. I'm going through something. I'm, I'm going through something with my family. I mean, you don't have to get into all the details, but you can tell them, pray for me about my family. I'm going through some things about my job. Pray for me. Would you mind saying a special word of prayer for me? Now, we know that everybody, and I pray, my God, even in a church this size, we gave you papers with everybody's name on it. I pray to God that you've at least been calling their names out before the Lord. Now, if there's a reading problem, you can't really read everybody's name, well, then, you know, let's find a way to, to deal with that. But please don't neglect your brothers and sisters in prayer. How many of you would say, I need somebody to pray with me? See, I got mine up right now. <laughs> I, don't, I don't mind telling you, I need prayer. Amen. Are you hearing me? Amen. Hallelujah. Let's not be so proud and high-minded that we think we all are that in a bag of chips that you, come on, give me a break. It's going to take all of us to get through this. Hallelujah. Get back over here now. You get anything out of this? So here again, how was the early church? You see, how did they make it through? How are they moving in signs and wonders? They cared for each other. They prayed for each other. Family. Family. Thank God for the mega churches. I thank God. I'm not talking about this and that. Please understand me. But when you're in such a great crowd, it's hard for you to know who everybody is and who to pray for. When you can go into a place and you sit in the back and nobody knows your name and nobody knows when you're absent and nobody knows when you're there, I got some issues with that. There has to be some level of accountability. Are you hearing? Some way, somehow. So online community, if you're in a place and nobody knows your name, there's something wrong with that. Get engaged. Get engaged with, okay, I'm not saying get married. Get involved. That's, that's a better word. Get involved. Isn't that a better word? Get involved. Unless you are trying to get, okay, let's go on. Also talking about prayer, Luke 18, verse number one. Let's hurry on. It says, uh, verse one says, uh, one day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and what? Never give up. Jesus said, when you're praying, don't ever give up. Why would he say don't give up? Because there will be things that will want to make you give up. Times when you are praying, you feel like your prayers aren't, aren't going through the roof, that nothing is happening, you might as well stop. Don't give up. Continue to pray. Are you hearing me? And then uh, just in 1 Thessalonians 5th chapter, really verse number 17, we can read it all, but verse 17 says again, never stop praying. Now let's talk about the fellowship once again, then we got to go on. Uh, the fellowship in Hebrews 10, verse 25. Hebrews 10, verse 25. Look at this again. It says, and let us not neglect our, our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Don't stay away from the assembly. You got to be here because we need you. I wouldn't miss my big toe if it fell off. Say, I'm only a big toe. We wouldn't miss the big toe. Wouldn't we, Tito? 
any part of my body that decided to leave me, I would miss it. How many big toes do we have here today? Maybe only one or two big toes. We need you. Are you hearing? We need you. All right. Now, I want you to notice, too, as we talk about love and Mark 12, Mark 12 chapter, verse number 30. Remember, the Lord Jesus said, hey, uh, we're going to love the Lord with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, with all of our strength. Uh, this is the first commandment. And the second is like it, namely this, that thou shalt love your neighbor as you love yourself. Now, that's community love. You're going to love your neighbor. That, that is those in the community. Love them as you love yourself. There's a difference. Please hear this. Jesus said you're going to love your neighbor. Love who? Love who? I'm so sorry. Uh, I'm so sorry. Thank you. You're going to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Say it with me. I will love my neighbor as I love myself. Okay, that includes the world. That's the, that's the world. Your neighbor may be born again, born of God in the body of Christ, or may not be. But this includes everybody. Love them as you love yourself. But now, if, you, if they are born of God, there's another level. Look at this. Look at uh, John, the, uh, John 13, verse number 13 through 30, 35 of uh, the King James Version. It says, a new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another, one another, talks about the body, as I have what? Love you, that you what? Also what? Love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another. So we love each other, not as neighbors, not with a neighborly love. He's not calling us to love each other with a neighborly love, and that's been the problem. A neighborly love says, how are you doing today? Good to see you. Bye-bye now. Hello, how are you doing? Bye-bye now. That's a neighborly love. See you every once in a while, no big deal. You know, you do your thing, I do my thing. That's a neighborly love. I'll, you treat me right, I treat you right. That's a neighborly love. That's not how he called us to love one another. He said, I want you to love one another. Here again, think about that steak and bologna again. He said, I want you to love one another the way I have loved you. Jesus loved us and loves us with a sacrificial love. In other words, I am willing to die for you. Are you willing to die for another member of the body of Christ? That's what he's asking for. Love one another the way I have loved you. In other words, this type of love goes out of its way. You need me. I'm there. I'm coming. Hold on, I'm coming. Hold on, I'm coming. Some, 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 now some, some, some. And I don't know the words to this song, but hold on, I'm coming. Well, there you have it, all right. He didn't say it was perfect, Tito. He didn't say it was perfect. But you understand what I'm saying to you. That type of love goes out of its way. You need me, I'm there. It's a self-sacrificing love. He said, love each other, members of the body of Christ, love each other the way I have loved you. Not with a neighborly love. Not with a neighborly love. Let me give you an example of good neighborly love. Somebody come on up here. Let me show you a good an example of a neighborly love. Come on, come on, come on. Who wants to be famous today? 
Uh, uh, all right, Gordon's coming up. He's the brave man today. Oh, uh, come on. Online community, boy, they are terrified. All right, neighborly love. How you doing, neighbor? How you doing, neighbor? See you later, okay? See you, okay, see you. Uh, you, you know, it's a neighborly love. How you doing? Everybody fine? Yeah, yeah you know, when you talk to, even like you talk to a neighbor around your house or whatever, you see him over there. How you doing, George? How you doing, Bobby? And how you doing, you know, but that's it. Not really interested in anything else. Neighborly love. Okay, and please, I, somebody shook my hand like this once. I said, oh, my Lord. <laughs> I did like this. I said, See ya. <laughs> so, what's up with that? That's the type of neighborly love, right? But the love of God. Say, hey, brother, hey, you need anything? I'm here for you. Amen. And mean it. Yes. If I call him, I know he'll pray for me. Yes. He calls me, he knows I pray for him. Yes. Are you hearing? The love of God. I love my brother. Yes. He's strong enough to pick me up. <laughs> Please don't. All right. Thank you, Gordon. Thank you, man. Once. What, what, what? Once I did that. Once you did that. That's right. That's only once. He didn't get a chance to do it again. Praise God. All right. But you see what I'm saying, right? I want to just burn that there. There's a difference between neighborly love. Are you loving each other? Look around the room right now online community, think about people in your church or assembly. Are you loving them in a, with a neighborly type of love or are you loving them as Jesus has loved you? Are you giving Christ steak or are you giving him bologna? Are you hearing? Now, now that we know, we say, Lord, I repent and please give me the grace to love like you love. Are you hearing me? Let's go a little bit further, then we got to, as we begin to close. Now, <clears throat> I want you to know something, too, here, also in uh, Galatians, Galatians 6, chapter, verse number 2, it talks about um, bearing each other's burdens, carrying the weight of someone else. This is another thing that we are called to do, carrying someone's weight, helping them. This is not dead weight where you're doing nothing. You've got to be doing something, because we're only so strong. Even physically, spiritually. You're at least trying to carry your weight and you need me to help you. Bearing each other's burdens. Are you hearing me? Now look at the Colossians, the third chapter, verse number 12 through 15. 12 through 15. Colossians, the third chapter, 12 through 15. Ask your neighbor, are you giving him steak or bologna? All right, here we go. Colossians, the third chapter, verse number 12 through 15, it says this. God loves you and has chosen you. Now, this is out of the uh, uh, contemporary English version. I want you to hear this. It says, God loves you and has chosen you as his own special people. So be one, gentle, kind, humble, meek, and patient. In a few minutes, you're gonna, a few seconds, you're going to uh, realize why I chose this version in a few moments. Verse 13 says, put up with each other. Let's read that again, verse 13. Put up with each other and forgive anyone who does you wrong. 
just as Christ has forgiven you. That's big, isn't it? Put up with each other. But Lord, mm, put up with each other. Are you hearing me? I know they get on your last sometimes. Put up with each other. Now, I want you to know something. He's not talking about somebody that's out in the world somewhere. He's talking about, talking about people in your own fellowship. People within the halls of the church. Let's go on. Put up with each other and forgive one another. Rather, forgive anyone who does you wrong, just as Christ has forgiven you. Verse 14. Love is more important than anything else. Help me read that again. Love is more important than anything else. One more time. Love is more important than anything else. It is what ties everything completely together. Each one of you is part of the body of Christ, and you were chosen to live together, how? In peace. Say, Lord, give me peace. So let the peace that comes from Christ control your thoughts and be grateful. God told you to put up with each other. Some people, you're not going to change, and please don't try to change people. Some personalities you're just not, you're going to clash with. That's just how it is. But love will tie you together. Are you hearing Let's talk about this last bit here, and then we're going to close out today. Let's talk about how we handle the word, how you handle the word. Now, I want you to see this. In 2 uh, Timothy 2.15, you know the scripture very well. It says, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. How are you handling the truth? It says at the very end part of that, rightly dividing the word of truth. Say that with me. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Again, rightly dividing the word of truth. Again, rightly dividing the word of truth. One more time. Rightly dividing the word of truth. All right? Rightly dividing talks about cutting. That is, uh, that is understanding. That is, you are getting into the word of God. You're dissecting the word of God. You're, as they say, you're exegeting the text. You're finding out what it means. Do this rightly. Do this rightly. If you do this rightly, if you study and then rightly divine the word of truth, rightly understand it, you're going to be approved. That's what this scripture says. You're going to be approved of God. If you do not study and you do not rightly divide the word of God, you will be ashamed. That's what this scripture says. And I'm going to tell you why in just a few moments. The trials of life will come and you cannot avoid them. I don't care how close you are to heaven or how close you are to the other place. Trials will come. But if you study, that is be diligent to seek out God's word, and if you rightly divide, that is you rightly understand what he said, you're going, your, your works, because it says a workman, a workman labors. Your works will be approved of. In other words, to approve of something means that it has been tried and tested, stamped, approved. Approved. If you have not studied, if you've not endeavored to get in his word, your works will make you ashamed. That's what the scripture says. 
Are you hearing me? Let me show you this a little bit here. Let's go to James, the first chapter. Anybody get anything out of this? Oh, I'm really enjoying this today. James, the first chapter. Let's look at uh, just a f- maybe four or five verses here. James, the first chapter, verses uh, 21 through 25 of the New Living Translation. Why do you use so many translations? Because anything that I can get that rightly divides the word, that makes it easier for you to understand, I'm going to choose that one. Yes. Hallelujah. Which one are you sold on? Of course, I love the King James. I'll use it any time that I feel that that, that, that uh, translation best gives a clearer understanding. I'll do that. Are you hearing? That's why we use different ones, so I can help you, so I can bring you to a point to understand, because you can't use it if you don't understand it. So let's look at this. Let's look at James, the first chapter, James 1, verses 21 through 25 out of the New Living Translation. This is how it reads. It says, so get rid of all the, all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept uh, the word of God, humbly accept the word of God has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. That's the big thing. Humbly accept the word that God has already planted in your heart, for it has the power to save your soul. To save your soul. To save you from panic, to save you from uh, e- emotional uh, whirlwinds. You ever have a fault that just keeps occurring over and over and over in your mind, over and over, and you can't break the loop? You just get stuck right there. This could have happened or this has happened. You get stuck in that loop, stuck in that loop. Well, the word of God that has been implanted in your soul has the power to break that loop, to free your soul. Isn't that awesome? And usually it's something that God has already said to you. But we haven't received it. Look at verse number 22. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't, what? Forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Now, I want you to notice something. It talks about being a forgetful hearer. King James, you'll, you'll see this in the King James, being a forgetful hearer. Here's something that you got to understand. Got to understand. This, this, is a, this is one of those moments. It's one of those moments. Are you, are you ready? If you are a forgetful hearer, the answer will come to you, and you will have the answer because God, the Father, he loves you so much, and he's always telling you what to do. He's always giving you solutions to every problem, those you have now, uh, and questions to problems that you've had in the past to, to help um, give you peace for now, and he's giving you future answers for problems that haven't even happened yet. But if we fail to hear those answers, fail to put those in place, then when that problem arises, we're doomed to repeat it over and over again and stay in the same old fix. We can come to church week after week and we can hear the word and be deceived, deceived in that, oh, my life is going to get better. 
But that will be true until the next storm comes. Let me show you this in the word of God. So don't be a forgetful hearer. The word forgetful means, of course, it means to forget, but it also means to neglect. Uh, It means also no longer caring for, forgotten, given over to oblivion. In other words, uncared for. That is, you receive the word of God. Here's the word of God. You get the word of God, and you got it in your hand. You got this word in your spirit. You hear this word. As a matter of fact, you're hearing the word of God now. What a coincidence. So let's say this paper is the word of God that you're getting today. Some of you will get the word and say, I got the word, and you will keep the word. You keep it, and you'll hide the word in your heart. And there are other things I'm going to give you, just briefly. You'll keep it. Others of you will hear it and walk out. What was said today? Uh, mm, something about a car, tune-up or something. So, we had a good time, though. Pastor, boy, he tried to sing. Oh, my God, my help, help, my, help him, Lord. Oh, you know, oh, that pastor, he, he's something else. Oh, yeah. Forgotten. Didn't care for it. You didn't care for it. You just let it go. You forgot it. That is, you neglected what you just heard. Now, Jesus warns against this. Now, I think we're going to end here today. There's so much more, but I think we're going to end with this. Let's look at the warning of Christ, because I want you to hear this. Let's go to um, Matthew, this, Matthew 7, verses 24 through 27. Matthew 7, verse 24 through 27. And I want you to hear this as we begin to close out today, because we're, going to, we're not going to keep giving the Lord baloney. God is blessing you even right now. Are you hearing? Matthew 7, verse 24 through 27. This is how it says. This is how it reads out of the King James. It says, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man. Say wise man. Wise Wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain, what? Descended. And the floods came. And the winds blew and beat upon that house. And it fell not. Why? For it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rains descended. And the floods came. And blew. And and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. I want you to notice something. I'm trying to close out for today. I want you to notice something. The same weather conditions, the same problems happened to the one who heard the word and the one that didn't hear it. They both heard the word of God. They both, maybe we say, sat in the same place, maybe side by side. They heard the word. They heard it. One did it and one did not. And the same problems came upon them both. The same winds blew. The same floods came. And the Bible says, 
beat upon the house. The house is something that you established. The house is something that you have built. It could be marriage, finances, a job, your health, whatever. All these calamities come against the both of you. One of you heard the word of God and did it and was prepared for the storm. The other one heard the word of God too, but did not do it and was not prepared for the storm. And as a result of that, when the storm came after it was over, all this stuff fell apart. And guess what happens? When your house falls, many of us will, won't just be without a house. We'll go and try to build it again. And so this person is forever building. Hey, I got it up. Yes, you did. But are you prepared for the storm? So this is the type of person that says, just, just when I think I'm getting ahead, just when I think I'm getting ahead, I finally got this done. I finally got that done. And then here comes something else. Listen, let me tell you, something else will always keep coming. You can't avoid something else's. They're going to come again. But will you be prepared for it? Or will you be perpetually building? We can get discouraged. Stop coming to church. Man, I was coming to church for a while, and then something happened, and then I lost everything, and then it's not the other, and I keep doing this and that. I seem like I can't. I take one step forward and take five steps back. I just can't get it together. I just can't get it together. Yes. And I sat in the church every single week. I heard the word. I heard the word. I tried to be faithful, but you never did it. Everybody goes through storms. I go through storms, my God. I wish it stopped raining so much. <laughs> Everybody get beat on. No matter how close you are to the Lord, we're still, we're, listen, we're not, we're citizens of heaven, but we're not in heaven yet. Amen. We're still here down on this earth. Amen. So God said, I know storms are gonna come. Here's my word. Do what it says, and you'll be ready for the next storm because it's going to continue to come. And with every passing storm, remember, if you hear the word and you, you do it, then you'll be able to build again on your house. You can build on the guest room. You can build on something else because you're, you're building on something that was solid, something that will stand. Stand the test of time. Stand the storms. You're built on the word. Building your marriages on the word. Building your finances on the word. Building your careers on the word. Building ministry, your ministries on the word of God. Building your life on the word of God. Storms are going to come. But you don't have to be destroyed. Are you hearing? And you don't have to be doomed to continue to start over and over and over and over again. Did somebody get that? Yes. Hallelujah. Let me give you these seven things, or these five things, how the proper way to receive the word of God. Uh, then I, think, I think this would be a good place to end today. How to properly receive the word of God. Listen, number one, listen with the intent to pray it. You hear the word of God? Don't just leave it. You pray that thing. Some of you may need to go back and pick that up. All right, Lord, this is what you said. 
I got the media, I got the, I, I saw it on the YouTube, I got it on the podcast, I took my notes, I got it, got the word now, now let me pray it. Father, you said that I need to be loving. I need to love others the way you have loved me, loved, the way Jesus loved me. So, Father, I, I submit to that word that I will love, I will love the body of Christ the way, you will, the way that you have loved me. I will love my neighbor as I love myself. Lord, help me to be devoted to your word. Help me to be devoted to the fellowship. And, Lord, God, please give me a spirit of hospitality to let people up in my house. Lord, please. Can I get an amen? amen? You're going to pray it out. You're going to pray it out. Then, of course, you're going to do what? You're going to study it out. Okay, Lord, I got these scriptures. All right, let me get back into the scriptures. Let me get back into what was said. Let me study it for myself. Let me study it for myself. Uh, then after you, you study it out, then what? You're going to prove it. All right, let me, let's walk this thing out. We're going we're gonna to prove it. Then, of course, you know, you're going to live it. I'm, I'm living this thing now. And then you're going to teach others to do it as well. If you say, I know how to do something, but I really can't tell you how to do it, but I know how to do it, but I really can't tell you how to do it, then you really don't know how to do it. But if you can teach somebody how to do it, you really got it. If you can teach somebody how to do it, then you really got it. If you can teach somebody how to do it, then you really got it. Now, that's all I'm going to say now. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Endeavor to teach it. If you're listening with the attitude of, hey, I'm going to have to teach this to somebody else. Because really, you're all ministers. You know that, right? And also, you're all pastors. That is, you're all responsible for a flock. If the flock is in your own household, there's somebody following you. Somebody is following you. You're responsible. So if you listen so that I can teach this, then you got it, and they'll get it too. Are you hearing? All right, now, also, this will require you to, require you to do uh, three things that uh, many times you're going to have to take notes, jot some things down, jot some things down that are important to you. Uh, you're going to have to write down the scriptures the things that, or things that come to you at that moment. You're going to have to go back and review the media. This is a media-oriented church. Review the podcast when, you, when it's available, the video when it's available. Hear it again to make sure that you get it in you. Remember, you are preparing for your blessing, the blessing that comes after the storm. Storms will come. I'm, ha- I'm not saying I prophesy doom or gloom to anybody. Keep on a living. You'll find that that is the truth. Storms will come. You're either... You either just got through a storm, or you're in a storm, or sooner or later you're going to head into one. I think I'm still pretty wet for my last one. Hallelujah. And I got a sneeze out to tell you there. Praise God. She must have just gotten out of hers. Praise God. It was was a pretty wet storm there. Hallelujah. All right. So we've got to be sensitive. Uh, Last thing here. You've got to be sensitive to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. And know when he is talking to you, when he is giving you a giving you weatherproofing word. Be sensitive to the spirit or let me know when you're talking to me, when you're giving me weatherproofing word. Of course, the Lord will always give you a word here in the house. There'll be other times throughout the week. The Lord will also give you a word. He may speak to you through YouTube, through another, through another minister, through another, uh, through another person of faith. 
Uh, maybe some people like John Maxwell or, or whoever that you, that you may be also listening to. I have nothing against that. But you need to hear the word of God. But understand something. If you con- consistently eat out of other people's kitchens, after a while you may get stomach ache. Especially if they keep saying cons- um, conflicting words. This one says do this, but that one says do that. That one says do this. I don't know, you get, you're going to get confused. Let God lead you. Let God lead you. But first of all, listen to the one that God has set before you. Listen to the one that God has set before you first. Are you hearing? All right. It's time for a tune-up. And I pray today that you've got a better idea of how to get tuned up. I pray that even you online community, I pray that you will decide today uh, to allow the Lord into your heart so that you can give him what he asked for and not something else. So let's pray right now. I want to pray right now with our online community and pray with everybody that's here today. So Father, we come before you first and foremost and we ask you to forgive us. Uh, Lord, we repent of our sins for not giving you what you have asked for. Lord, we have fallen short. We have sinned. We have missed the mark. But Father, we don't want to stay there. We ask you, Father, in the name of Jesus to give us grace to love the way you said we should love, to worship the way we should worship, to hear the word the way we should hear the word and not be forgetful hearers. Father, we pray that we would exemplify the character and nature of Jesus, that we would be like Jesus in the earth. And Lord, as a result of all of that, Lord, we thank you for giving us uh, and allowing the supernatural power of your Holy Spirit to flow through us into our communities, into our families, and Lord, into the world that's beyond. We thank you, Lord, for loving us and for forgiving us and for making us whole. I pray, Lord, you bless my friends right now. Bless my friends that are, that are listening and that are watching all around the world. We love you and we give you praise, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Remember, if you would like to hear today's message in its entirety or hear the entire series, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org. You can also subscribe to our podcast and get it on the go. And if you have a Roku device, make sure you search for Kingdom Rock TV. And there you will find this program and so much more. We would also love to see you in a live service. Just go to our website to get the details at www.kingdomrock.org. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.